Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the new podcast at Lander on Lander Radio. I'm here with my co-host. Nick Gray. And we're going to be sitting here covering different topics about the NFL right now. And once other sports come in, we're going to be covering those topics too. First, we're going to start off with the games from last week. Yeah, those games last week really went crazy. Okay. You know, starting off with Thursday Night Football. You know, you had the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers were going in with such high expectations on their defense, but now since losing J.J. Watt to his torn pec, there's just not much that defense could do now with no leadership. The only leadership they have is Joe Hayden. He's going to be retiring at the end of the season. And for Cleveland just to go in there and take it with Steven Stefanski, a head coach, now going 3-3 three and three against that team, that's, that's not common against the Steelers with the Browns. But I feel like ever since Ben, Big Ben left and their defense from the early 2000s, they just haven't been that good anymore, especially after Big Ben and A.B. left. Only good person you could say they had was Juju, but he wasn't really that good to me. But I'm a Ravens fan, so I have to say that because, you know, Ravens, Ravens nation for life. Um, the next game we're going to cover is the Houston and Chicago game. Not much to say about this game. Two mediocre teams going at it, but, you know, Chicago really did. Really went in there and just took it because now they got to go over David Montgomery. He says he's day-to-day with his ankle injury, but Herbert really went in there with 100-plus rushing yards in that game. He did very good. I was watching that game, and I was highly impressed with that game. You know, one quarterback that really is underrated is David Mills. He was, in my opinion, the second-best quarterback to come out of that draft class last year behind Mac Jones. He just performed when nobody thought he would. Everybody thought he would be like a third-string quarterback at the time. But Texans need a quarterback, and he stepped up. I, I thought he was going to be a definite third to second string quarterback. I've never heard of him even coming out of college. But he's actually stepping up very, very good this season. But, you know, the next game we're going to cover is the Las Vegas and Tennessee game. In my opinion, this was a disappointing game for Las Vegas. This week, they didn't do good. They're 0-3 now. They were my favorite team to come in and win, win it all this season. But, you know, they're not doing very good right now. With all those teams in the AFC West, there's not much that that team can do. I found it to be they were going to be the worst team coming out of that division. But they almost came back against Tennessee down, what, 24-7. to And if they had a little bit more time, I think they could have won behind Daniel Carson game-winning kick. They just didn't have time to do that because of their unfortunate first half. Yeah, I was very disappointed in the Raiders that game. But, you know, it is what it is. It's football. It's going to go day by day. Now, next game we're going to go over here is the Chiefs and Colts. Colts are now 1-1-1 after their week one tie against the Texans. Uh, they came into this game with low expectations, as differently as the Steelers. You know, Matt Ryan getting on the Colts was one of the biggest Aussies acquisitions. And he has played subpar QB for a majority of the season so far. Until this Chiefs game, I guess he now realized that he has to step up for the team, giving Michael Pittman some receptions. Jonathan Taylor... Still getting to the last season form, but he's getting there. But that defense really held up their end against the Chiefs and against that red-hot offense like he usually is. As long as Mahomes at the helm, that offense is going to be superb. I thought this whole time they were going to get blown out. This week I had them getting destroyed after that Chiefs and Chargers game. The The Chargers looked very good, but the Chiefs looked amazing that game. And I'm very surprised by the coach's performance this week. Next game we're going to cover... It's the Buffalo-Miami game. This is, in my opinion, the game of the week. It was a very, very good game. I feel like Josh Allen could have won this game if his team was more organized. Josh Allen had over 400 yards this game, 
which is amazing, even though he still lost, which very much surprised me. But the Dolphins are looking like the Super Bowl favorites right now. You know, I had to go off something with you. You said the offense, but I could go off that injury-prone defense. Yeah. Their defense had a lot of injuries, and I think that's what gave Miami the edge. They didn't face that many injuries, except for the halftime with Tua. We'll get into that after this little thing here. But 400 yards from Allen, you don't hear that often in today's game with the type of defenses people play. But to put up 400 yards and still lose is something that's, unheard of. That's surprising. And the offense for Bills is unlike any other. You just can't compare it right now to any other team in the NFL. So to lose with 400 yards is not like Now we're going to go Eagles going over to Washington and not only beating them, but absolutely embarrassing them. Was... They really just dogged that offense. And there was nothing Carson Wentz could have done. Surprisingly, he didn't get hurt, which is what he's known for. So that's just very, very fortunate that he's not. But Terry McLaurin really did put up an impressive performance, how to take that out of that offense, putting up over 100 receiving yards and about eight receptions. But the rest of that offense was very lackluster. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, I think Terry McLaurin just needs to get out of Washington because he's not getting, he's a very, very good receiver, but he's not getting success in Washington. He would be a really big primetime player on a big market team right now. And I feel like he just, at the end of this offseason, he needs to do something to get out of Washington. Now, what about Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith? Uh, as soon as I saw them paired on the same team, I knew they were going to be a deadly combo because in college, Jalen Hurts was a dog on Alabama and Devontae Smith. But they're, in my opinion, I got Jalen Hurts as at least second in MVP race. I kind of agree with you on that. I feel like Jalen Hurts really took his game up to a whole nother level in this offseason. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks right now coming out of uh, last year. Just really improving and getting better at his passing game. His rushing game was always one of the best in the league. But now his passing game is finally getting up there where he can throw some passing touchdowns, especially Devontae Smith. Yeah, Devontae Smith is just, you can't have him on the 101 by himself. Because if you is, the corner is going to lose every single time. And plus, you have another weapon in A.J. Brown on the other side of the ball, too. That's just disgusting to me. It's just a very, very good wide receiver core in Philly right now. And I feel like they can take a really, really long run in the playoffs right now. All right, now we're going to go to the next game. New Orleans Saints at your local team, Carolina Panthers. Oh, that game was very good. I had family that went out there. They said they really enjoyed the game. Carolina came out, and they impressed very much. Yeah, you know, um, Baker Mayfield, I was never very high on him ever since he was in Cleveland. Yep. I've never been a big fan, but I'll give him that game. He played pretty well, giving just spreading the ball around really well. That defense stopping the Saints and Alvin Kamara, that fumble, I think, really turned the tide of that game. Yeah, their defense did very good that game. I'm very impressed with their defense. The Saints... I feel like they're still going to be up there. They're still a very good team. They still have Alvin Kamara. They still have a solid Jameis Winston. They st they got Michael Thomas back this season, too, and Chris Olave. I feel like they can do very, very good this season. And as you mentioned, Chris Olave, I think he, he just made himself a household name last game yeah. against the Panthers, putting up over 100 receiving yards as well. His first, I think that's his first 100 receiving yard game of the season, yep. and it's only week three. So already to do that as a rookie, you're putting your name in rookie of the year. Yeah, I feel like Chris Olave is going to be a really, really in the race for Rookie of the Year this season, right along with Drake London. Drake London did really good in that Falcon, where he scored a touchdown against the Seahawks in a 27-23 win in that game. That was a that was a somewhat good game 
it was it was okay to me. Cordell Patterson actually really held his own in that game, having his career best yards, somewhere around one forty ish, around that range. So for him to keep doing that at the age he is, he's just getting better by time. He's just completely going against father time. But now next game we're gonna go over. We're gonna go over Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Game that was game of the week, as what Fox says. But that game was to me that game was very boring. I feel like they both could have done very a lot more, especially me seeing them play ever since I was a little kid. I feel like they could have done a lot more in that game because they're both MVPs. Tom Brady's right now in the GOAT of football. I feel like they could have at least done more firepower in that game. You know, one one thing I need the Packers to do is they got to give A.J. Dillon the ball a bit more. Yeah. They're very lackluster with his handoffs because you would think he would be the third down back, but sometimes you see Aaron Jones in there most of the time because I want to see A.J. Dillon there. If they're in the red zone, Use A.J. Dillon as your power back. Get him in there because he can get you those yards, those first downs, especially on the goal line. He will get there and get you the points. Yeah, he's a really big, big running back. I feel like he could have done a lot more in that game, but they just didn't contribute him enough, but they still got the win, so can't complain about and it. Now let's go on to Tampa Bay side. Tom Brady, very slow start to his campaign. Just very, very wild offseason for him. I'll give him that. He has a lot on his shoulders, but... You have expectations to fulfill, and I think he just needs to take a break from football and just focus on himself because he is he's not Tom Brady right now as we know him. He is very inconsistent at the moment. Yeah, I feel like lately I just I feel like Tom Brady should have just stayed in retirement because, you know, he's still Tom Brady, but he's not the Tom Brady that we all know of because – Tom Brady that I knew, he would throw a whole bunch of passing yards and touchdowns in a game against the Packers and completely whoop them. But, you know, I feel like he just needs to put down put down the cleats, put down the helmet, and just take a break and just leave the sport. I, the one thing I think we're seeing that's missing from Brady is his competitiveness. Yeah. We're not seeing that in him anymore. We're not seeing him get mad after every pass. We're not seeing him have that fire energy that he would put on his sideline that would rejuvenate an entire team, not even just the offense, a whole team. But we're just not seeing that from him. Yeah, I feel like he's not. If Tampa Bay keeps playing this way this season, they're not making it to the playoffs. They're, they're not going to make it close to the playoffs. All right, we're going to go on to another game here. We're going to go to the Rams and Cardinals. And I really want to highlight this game is Cooper Cup. That man is a menace to society. Very he much. will slice up your defense like there's no tomorrow. In my personal opinion... A non-quarterback MVP, he will be leading that. Yeah. And there is no shot nobody catches him. Give me a guy that's route running is as good as his. Maybe you can say Devontae Adams. Maybe you can say Amari Cooper. But Cooper Cup is undoubtedly the best route runner. He can make a cornerback, a Pro Bowl cornerback, look the other way, and he's gone for a touchdown. Cooper Cup right now is that guy to beat in the NFL. I feel like he's been that guy for the last two seasons especially coming off of a Triple Crown and a Super Bowl MVP. He's that guy that you have to like show up to and actually lock him down if you can. And that's going to be a very hard mission to do because Cooper Cup is just that good at his job. After coming off the Triple Crown last year, Super Bowl campaign, I think what he was missing was Matthew Stafford. He, Matthew Stafford needed that receiver. He hasn't had that receiver since Calvin Johnson. Yep. So to have another receiver, maybe not the height, maybe not the physicality, but, man, does that man have IQ on just on that football field? You don't see that very often at all. People have that kind of IQ. Like that interview he had with that one girl at one time. Yep. He, 
he explained it all in football terms. The nickel blitz, the flats. He just said he cut all that up because he watches film. He knows what to do against those kind of teams, especially in the NFC West against his rival where he needs to do it the most. Broke down the play even before the ball got snapped and even thrown to him. That is, that's a smart guy who knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. And in my opinion, that's the best wide receiver right now in the league. Now, with Arizona, I think they are just they're fighting themselves still. I don't think there's a reason to panic for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, I think he does deserve the contract he, he got. He just needs he needs D-Hop back. Yeah. D-Hop was the soul of that offense. He just throws it up. Guess who's down there? D-Hop. So when D-Hop comes back, I'd watch out for the Cardinals. I think that is a solid second-place team. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be a very good team as soon as D-Hop comes back because, in my opinion, as a Ravens fan, Marquise Brown's not going to do anything as a wide receiver one. He's fast. But you can't rely on his hands. He's dropped many passes. The only thing he has on his resume is speed. And Kyler Murray is already the speed of the offense. You don't need a speedy wide receiver. You need someone who can go up and grab the ball out the air over a cornerback. And Marquise Brown can't do that right now. What people overlook on that Arizona offense is James Conner. I really feel like James Conner is coming into his own, especially off last season, coming off one of his best statistical seasons coming out of Pittsburgh since then. And I think that's one guy that teams may need to watch out for because, yeah, he may not be the fastest, may not be the strongest, but he'll get you those yards, and he can get you a bunch of them at a time. Yep, yep. And as we go on to this next game, Monday Night Football, the Cowboys versus the Giants. And me and him, me and Nick was watching this game last night, and this was, in my opinion, a very good game from the Cowboys. Early on in the first half, they weren't looking like a good team. And then after they came out the half, they just snapped off and was doing very good. But also on the other side, the Giants were doing very good coming out the half too. Their defense was amazing. Their O-line needs a lot of work because allowing one man to get three sacks is just a big problem. Now, you bring up three sacks. What I find unacceptable is you're letting your quarterback get pressured about 24 times. And for that to happen, you're saying that you want the O-line to be built and ready for Daniel Jones so he can become his own quarterback. But you see them not get better. you got to look at the room. Who is leading that room? Because either they're not leading it well enough or you need a new leader. Because if you're allowing that kind of pressure on multiple downs of a drive, you cannot have that O-line anymore. I understand we have a rookie, Evan Neal, but we're having a guy named Andrew Thomas on the right side that we drafted high expectation first round, just like Evan Neal, and he still is not consistent. The last time someone got pressured that much in a game was Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against the Bucks, And we all know how that game turned out. That wasn't a very good game for Pat. And I feel like they just the Giants just need a better O-line because their O-line was solid until that game. So something just happened in that game, and their O-line was just getting eat up by the D-linemen. I think one thing that has proved to me during that game was Kenny Galladay's 72 million did not mean a thing to him because out of how many offensive snaps he got he had zero catches because he wanted to make one target that just was not going to happen you have to catch the football with 72 million in in, on your hands how are you going to do that and expect to win games when you're dropping simple passes that would have got you the first down because if Kenny Galladay would have caught that ball first down we're on their side of the field we have a chance But he dropped it, and that's really what turned the game. But then another thing, you know, what really is going to turn the season now is Sterling Shepard just getting announced. He's out for the season with what 
is speculated to be a torn ACL. We can't. That's just so unfortunate for the Giants. If we had him, we would have a chance at the NFC East because he is our number one receiver. Because nobody else decides to play receiver on that team other than him. With that, with our own line, we're missing Nick Gates at center. That was our for sure leader at center. But ever since he broke his leg, he's still trying to get back to even trying to play football. Not even be able to get on the field. Just trying to even be able to practice. So all my best goes out to them too. So now we're going to go into the NFL power rankings going into week four. And no surprise, number one, they have the Miami Dolphins. My opinion, that's not a surprise. After last week, after they took down the Bills, I think they deserve to be number one. I have to go a little bit different with this one. I think the Bills still deserve to be number one because they were more productive as an offense. Even though they may have not put up the points, they did go all over that defense. They just couldn't get in the end zone. Yeah, but got to see. It's the, it's the NFL. They're going to rank it by winnings and all that stuff. But, you know, the Bills are surprisingly at two which I think they should have been at three with the Eagles being at two, but I understand because the Eagles haven't played anyone that's actually a contender yet. So that's very much understandable. And then number four and number five, they're kind of like the same team. We got the Chiefs and Rams. You know, both teams, very fire offense, but when it comes to their defense, it's a little lackluster to say the least. Just letting up some unfortunate amount of points to teams that they shouldn't be letting up a lot of points to. And then... The only difference, I think, between 4 and 5 is just the Rams' offense steps up a bit more when needed than the Chiefs. So I think that's the ones I can switch is Chiefs to 5, Rams to 4, especially with Cooper Cup at the helm. In my opinion, I think number 6 is a big shocker to me because I'm a Ravens fan. I think they should have been top 5 because Lamar is just having an MVP season. And in my opinion, he's one of my MVP favorites right now. But, you know, I think he should have at least been over the Rams. Now, I gotta disagree with that. I, especially your guys' game against the Dolphins, you guys let up way too many points to be even considered at top five. That game really set y'all back in the power rankings, and unfortunately, even against the Patriots, it's, that's just still not enough to get you up in that top five. You can also say that for the Rams because they also got demolished by the Bills in Week One. But you know, it's the Rams. They're Super Bowl favorites. I understand they could be over the Ravens, but if we go against them, I have the Ravens beating them. One shocker, I got to say here, out of most of them, except for one other team that we saw earlier, is Green Bay Packers at 7. I don't agree with that at all. I don't even think they're top 10 because they don't have a wide receiver core that's unlike these top 10 teams. And, yeah, I understand they still got Rodgers. Their defense still capable of holding off games. But you got to have both sides of the football to make top 10. I don't think they have that right now. In my opinion, they struggled against the Vikings, which – Vikings aren't doing that good this season, but they struggled against the Vikings whenever they played. So I don't think they, uh, if they're in the top 10, I think that should be either 10 or 9. Now, okay, now we just went to the Vikings at 9, and I'm going to say this. Um, no. Yeah, no. No. The Vikings should not be, they should be top 15, but not top 10. Uh, they got dogged by the Eagles 41 to 7. I That was worse than what they did to the Packers. And you can even make a statement with the Packers. They got bullied by one guy. It wasn't even like it was the whole team. The Eagles, they bullied them on both sides of the ball. Judge Jefferson got locked up. Their offense was productive. So for them to be top 10 is no. But this is the big shock to me. Cincinnati is 10 over the Browns who are 2-1. Right now, I do not think the Bengals are a top 10 team. The only good team. 
that they've even beat is the Jets, and they're not even that good, and that's their only win on the season right now. When when you go over that, I'll be honest, all their games have been within one possession that they lost. Their two games were within one possession. So Burrow played pretty well against the Cowboys, played really well against the Jets. The only downside game he had was against the Steelers, and that was opening week. Not much you can do about that. So that being at 10, I can see where that comes from, unlike the Vikings at 9. But you can also state, because they're at 10 right now, but as I'm seeing right now, the Steelers or Cowboys not even a top 15. And for them to be at 10 and the Giants to be at 16, I think that's just bad. You know, I see where you're coming from with that. But I think this has a lot to do with last season's success, too. Just like how you brought it with the Rams, them being Super Bowl champions. Uh, with runner-ups, I think that's what's also putting them in the top 10 and not bringing them all the way down. Especially knowing that the team they do have, they are capable, and I think they will do better. I think they will be second to top in the AFC North. Yeah, I, that's understandable. Now, number 12 is Denver Broncos. And the reason why this doesn't make sense to us either is Russell Wilson may be having the most unproductive season that we have seen out of him, especially with the big contract he just got from the Broncos. And Eli Manning said it right the other night. The punter should be making the $235 million and not him. So the offense needs to figure out something here because you're not going to win football games in the playoffs by getting only 13 points. You They won off Jimmy Garoppolo stepping out the back of the end zone. That's so... Broncos being at 12, in my opinion, I would put him at 20 because that offense is so bad that I don't even think they can hold themselves. The defense can't even help him out on that part. Right now at 13, the Jaguars are at 13. And right now, I think the Jaguars should be over the Broncos in ranking right now because the Jaguars are actually one of the most surprising teams this season. After winning two games already this season, that's very surprising to me because I thought they were going to do another tanking season. But I'm very surprised by their play this season. One guy, you know, I'll tell you, two guys that have really impressed me. One's going to be Christian Kirk. He's now coming into his own because he's not being used as a slot receiver as much as he did in Arizona. He He's coming into his own as a number one receiver, and he's doing the most he can with it. Putting up yards, after, putting up yards after yards. There's just not much you can do, much you can ask out of him. So, really, it's really good to see out of Christian Kirk. A guy that has worked so hard to become a wide receiver one, now he's finally taken the opportunity. And then number two is just James Robinson. That man is a dog. He will bully around some offensive. If I have to say this right now, I'm going on a limb. I think he's a future running back number one, if not top three running back in the league by the next season, if that. Because he's putting up points in fantasy, unlike some of these other running backs that, that can't do that. So... Hats off to James Robinson. He's really getting it done down there in Jacksonville. Also going off of those players, I have one more player that's also going off in Jacksonville. And that's Trevor Lawrence. He's really playing like a number one overall quarterback right now and leading his team to a 2 and one start that's very surprising. And their coaching job right now is doing very good. And if Doug Peterson keeps up with this job that he's doing right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I feel like he, he's a strong contender for Coach of the Year. See, my I don't like him mean that I'm a Giants fan. I don't like him at all. So him winning coach of the year, he w- he deserves it, but I don't like him. Yeah, that's that's understandable. All right. We're going to go to a little surprise here, and they have the 49ers ranked above the Chargers. How do you feel about that? Uh, 
definitely don't agree with that, especially them being ranked above the Cowboys and Giants right now. I feel like that's just very stupid because the Cowboys and Giants put on a contender for game of the week this week, and I feel like they can stay at that pace for the rest of the season, especially the Giants because I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season for the Giants, and they might actually do pretty good this season. You know, one team out of this whole power ranking that's really surprising me is the Raiders at 30. I don't think anybody thought they would start this low on a power ranking. Yeah, I thought the Raiders, as I said earlier, they was going to be my favorites to come into the season. But right now, they're disappointing everyone who's a fan of the Raiders. They're 0-3. They haven't been doing good at all. I got to agree with you on that. The offense is... Not doing well at all. Devontae Adams still holding his own at receiver like he usually does. But Derek Carr needs to step up his game. There is no in-between about it. Him, Josh Jacobs, have to get on the same page in that backfield. Because without a backfield, you're not going to have a stable offense. The O-line, never good. That's just an Oakland thing. As, Oakland's never been known for the O-line. I don't think they ever will. But when it comes down to it, Derek Carr needs to learn to uh, teach that offense how to get it done. Whether they're veterans, whether they're new just he has to be teaching at all times because he's the quarterback. He's the guy you look at in the backfield of, are we going to get this done or not? Yeah, that's very, very understandable. All right, now we're going to get on to next week's game, Thursday Night Football, Cincinnati and Miami, and that will be our la- only game we'll be going over till our next show. Cincinnati and Miami is going to be a really good game. I, I don't know who's going to come out of this one. I might have to go with Miami if two is playing. But if he's not, that's going to make a really big difference for this Miami offense. Yeah, because as soon as Tua got that concussion against the Bills, their few plays that they ran was so bad. Uh, yeah, the only way Miami could win is if Tua plays. Even if Tua plays, I think they still have a good shot of winning because it's just the Bengals. And the bang- I feel like the Bengals aren't going to do that good in primetime. And Miami's just that team to beat right now. So if the Bengals beat them this week, then that's going to be a really big win for the Bengals. And that's going to be a huge, huge loss for the Dolphins right now. I think Cincinnati, they edge on the offensive side of the ball and the coaching. When it comes down to defense, they're, it goes to Miami. I just Xavier Howard is just really coming into his own in that backfield. And he's playing really well. I can disagree with that because... I feel like the Dolphins' defense right now, their duo of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, whenever they went against the Ravens, they just went off on the defense. And the Bengals' defense isn't top tier right now. Um, other than Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, who else is on that receiving core? Unlike the Bengals, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, oh, Jamar Chase. And then you got Hayden Hurst as well. So I really think the Bengals' offense is more dynamic than the Miami offense. But the Bengals' offense is just young. You have to realize Tyreek Hill can possibly... He's already a top-five receiver in the league right now. Jalen Waddle is being a dog right now. Mike Kosicki is a very, very solid tight end. And if you have those three going, I feel like that offense is unstoppable. All right, now we got to talk about something that's early, but we might as well get into is our leading MVPs. Personally, for me, I'm going to go a bit outside the box here. I'm going to go how I said earlier is Cooper Cup. I don't see how a guy that's not quarterback is doing so much of a difference for a team. My MVP favorite right now, it's not surprising, Lamar Jackson. If Mm. he keeps playing like he did in the first three weeks, 
I feel like he's definitely winning MVP because he started off way better right now than he did in this unanimous MVP season. And I just feel like if he keeps going on that pace and keeps riding that wave, he can win an MVP. Yeah. And just to let you know, he did cry after the Dolphins game. Now, one thing about Cooper Cup is he's put up 280 yards a season and through three games. That's very impressive. After getting 128 reception yards at the Bills week one, 108 against the Falcons in week two. And I, I guess you could say it poor game from him is against the Cardinals and he still had 44 yards he has three touchdowns on the season so I don't see how you don't put him in the MVP race if not win it well I feel like Cooper Cup wouldn't win the award because the MVP award is not a very known award for wide receivers to win it's only been a quarterback award and my top three quarterbacks right now is Josh Allen Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson I feel like they all have the big big potential of winning it but they have to stay on the same track as they're going right now because they're both pl- they're all playing at a very, very high level that they have to keep playing on. I can agree with you on that. Those three are definitely the three to beat for the MVP race, but it really just comes down to whose fundamentals are going to get them through the season because, yeah, three of them are going to make playoffs, but which one's going to make it farther than the rest of them? That's fair. That's very, very fair. And actually, we just... Decided to look up some before this podcast. Check out throwing receivers winning MVP. Came to find out a plate kicker has won, but not a receiver. So you see how the MVP works. Not too well. I think after that, I think it's a good place to end off our first episode. Yeah. I enjoyed this first episode. Thank you guys for tuning into the first episode. We'll see y'all Saturday. You have a good rest of your week.